0: Welcome and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Today's Coffee Talk is farming's family tradition with Cole, the corn star. Here's your host, Laura Hankey.
1: All right, thanks, Brian. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us back here on another beautiful Friday. Cole, good morning. Thanks for joining us here. Good morning. Hey, if this is Coffee Talk, where's my coffee? Hey, you had the chance, man. You got water.
0: (laughs) I didn't get the memo, so.
1: (laughs) I see. We'll have to do better next time, right?
0: (laughs) Hey, that's all right, but
1: I'm doing good.
0: We got rained out of the field last night, so I guess I don't have anything else to do because I'm a farmer and I only work three months out of the year, so here we are.
1: There you go. You actually got to sleep last night, right?
0: Yes. I went to bed at 830. That's the soonest I've gone to bed probably since I was like six.
1: Yeah. Rain days are a blessing once in a while, aren't they?
0: Yes. We've been running pretty hard the last week, so Mm it was a nice little break.
1: How close are you guys finishing up?
0: Uh, About 500 acres left. So, I mean, if we had like four really, really good days or five solid days, but the way it's been going for us, probably two weeks. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Hey, it happens, man. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. We certainly appreciate it. Um, so for those joining us this morning who may not be familiar with what Cole does um, on the daily, Cole the corn star is a YouTube sensation. Um, he's been connecting family farming operations or the family farm operation that he grew up on with more than 500,000 subscribers on the daily. So. Cole, let's talk a little bit about that. That's that's a pretty big responsibility, a pretty big big endeavor that you've got going on. Tell us how all this got started.
0: Well, when I was in college, I had a lot of people asking me like what we did on the farm because you know I'd always leave when I didn't have class to go back and work on things, and you know after like the thousandth person asking me, I was just like, you know what, if you live in Iowa and you don't understand what goes on on a farm. Uh, how's the rest of the world supposed to know? Cause I mean, we're pretty engulfed in it here. I mean, every road you drive down, you're passing all kinds of field equipment out there, whatever. And so that just kind of was like, you know, I could probably, you know, maybe be a part of that. And then I got on YouTube and I like looking up other people's operations. So that way I can learn from them. Like I look at people's shops and you know, whatnot. And then maybe I can take some ideas back for our farm. And so I got looking at farming videos and I found a couple other people doing it. And I was like, I could do that. And so it's kind of took me like a year to think of a name for my channel. And after that, just got started.
1: (laughs) Well, that is a unique name that you came up with. Certainly memorable. Um, You know, watching those first videos that you produced, this has been a learning curve for you too. So talk about that evolution. I mean, how did you figure out, you know, which way to shoot? And I mean, it's a pretty big learning curve just to pick this up and decide to start with it.
0: Well, it it kind of, I don't know, just fell into my lap in a way. In high school, we got computers. Each student did. And so like I had some classes where we had to like make commercials and stuff in there. So you'd like you'd film it with your computer. So you'd have a laptop turned around to film things and stuff. And so I kind of got my foot in the water. Like I understood, okay, you can cut a clip, you can kind of move clips around. So that's where my editing started. So I probably did three or four of those in high school. And then, I don't know, YouTube was a good resource to teach me, and I started on my phone, and I started filming vertically, not realizing that's not how you got into full screen, so then I had to evolve to that, and then I moved from a phone to an actual camera, and then, you know, just video after video after video, you just kind of got better at it, and kind of taught myself, really.
1: Right, right. Well, what did it feel like when you started to see those views growing and growing and growing? Um, what kind of frequency did you start out with each week? And you know, how long did it take you to, to build some following?
0: Well, I started making a video a week for six months before my channel really started to take off. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I was dealing with insulation earlier <coughs> to in my throat. <laughs> but I just kind of took off with the the one a week I felt was a good point because I didn't want to be investing too much time into something that really wasn't giving me a return on it because I still had school obligations and farm duties at the same time. And I also wanted to maintain somewhat of a social life. And so then after six months, I had one video take off to 2,500 views and I was just elated. I was like, oh, it went viral. I made it. And then that video just kept going up and up and up and up. And then all of a sudden it had 250,000 views after a month. And then and, and my channel just kind of took off from there. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I just live a normal life, I feel like. So Like I'm pretty taken away by people who yeah. sit down and watch us do what we do. I mean, to me, it's <laughs> we're doing it every day. So it, it, I don't know. You might look at it in the videos and see, oh, you know, that's awesome. You get to do that. And for me, it's just like,
1: it's life.
0: We do, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you can definitely tell that you're passionate about it in the videos that you make your whole family's passionate about it. And, you know, I told you before we went live here this morning, the, um, the first videos that I watched, I think it was a combine tire blew out. I don't think that my family would have been very keen on me having a camera right there, filming all of that. What kind of reception did you get right off the bat with this?
0: Well, first, my dad did not like when I'd have the camera because I started with the phone and he'd be like right. over there working on the planner and he would have a wrench slip off, you know, he'd smack his knuckles on something. I'd be right there in his face <laughs> with the camera and he'd be just looking at me like, what are you doing? Because uh, he didn't really know what YouTube was initially. It probably took him a year before he finally realized like, hey, this is actually a thing. And then once he got his first fan in the comments. Then he just loved it. And he was there every night. He was reading <laughs> through the comments and he still does that every night. He'll probably sit there for at least an hour, just always scrolling through comments. And so he's, he's super into it. Now, my brother, he's always just kind of like, he doesn't mind it, but he's kind of a, Hey, I want to get to work and get this done and get out of here. And right. So sometimes, you know, to pause for an extra couple minutes to record some extra content or explain what we're doing. You know, especially if he's having a a rough day where a bunch of stuff's breaking, he might just walk by and just leave it talking to me. But I mean, overall, he likes it. And, you know, the rest of my family just chimes right on in with everything. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I noticed this week um, on the video that you posted, Mama C.S. is answering a lot of questions on the page, too. And I know your sister's doing some editing. How many members of your family are involved in this? Uh, Basically,
0: everybody. Uh, I mean, kind of the, the main characters of the channel would be obviously dad Cooper and myself. And my mom makes some special appearances every now and again, my grandparents come in whenever they stop by the farm. I usually get them on my great uncle. He, he makes appearances in some videos. So we kind of have the, the whole extended family dynamic there a little bit too. my little cousins. Sometimes they come out, you know, they'll spend a day with us, you know, then they get some camera time, but yes. And my sister, she edits videos for me. So Every night I give her footage and then she goes through it and brings it back to me. And then I, I'm kind of the proofer, I guess, but she does a bunch of the legwork there. And then I set up the titles and, you know, get everything uploaded onto the, the computer itself and make thumbnails, which actually is one of the most time consuming parts of a video. <laughs> it can be difficult sometimes, but yeah, we're, we're trying to get more people involved with things and, you know, we might be stepping into having the family involved a little more here over the next year or two, but you know, we'll see how things go.
1: Yeah, that's great to hear. You know, watching the videos, everybody is so engaged, like even your grandparents, you know, they're so excited and engaged to be or, you know, to be in the video and um, really cool to see that kind of family dynamic. And for me, you know, when I was watching your videos, that's what agriculture is all about. The multi-generational legacy that you guys are building there on the farm. And it's such a cool opportunity to get everybody involved in that Cole.
0: Well, exactly. And I mean, my, my grandpa, which unfortunately my viewers have never got to meet um, my dad's dad, but you know, he, he's the one who started the farm and then, Oh, dad took off from him. And, you know, just the way they taught us things growing up here, they're always so patient with it. Like, when you hopped in the skid loader the first time you're running it, you know you're just tearing up the driveway, and you might run into a couple things you know, and <laughs> bump into a tree or a trailer or something. You know they never yelled at you, and you know they were just so receptive to being willing to teach us how to do things like yes, once you ran into the trailer the second time, then you got an earful, you know, but the first time they're like, you know, you're learning. And so, you know, that's, that's passed on to the rest of us. So, you know, we're able to work together as a team really well because of that. It's just kind of been engraved with us. And also, I mean, you have to live with these people every day. So, you know, if you're not getting along, you're not going to enjoy your job. And that's going to reflect into the videos as well. So, I mean, what you see in the video is is how we are. I mean, you might have the occasional, Hey, I missed what I was hitting with the hammer and I smoked my hand and, you know, you might have some choice words or something because of that, or, you know, you've had a 20 hour shift and, you know, something small is frustrating you because it's not working like a light switch, not turning on. And you you might get a little snappy every (laughs) now and then, but overall it's. You know, it's really how we are is how we are in the
1: videos. Mm -hmm. That's great to hear. Well, let's talk about what it takes to put one of these together. You know, you shared that the thumbnails are probably the most daunting part of building one of these out. We're seeing 10 to 15 minutes. How much footage, how much time is actually going into producing one of these videos every day, Cole?
0: Uh, Basically... It really depends on the day and how long I'm stuck in the office. So how many times
1: somebody hits their hand with a hammer and you have to edit it out?
0: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) So like in the videos, I kind of a thing going stuck in the office till five a day. You know, usually that if I have days where I have a bunch of meetings, because I mean, with the YouTube channel, we're also working with a lot of other companies on things, you know, promotional activities and whatnot. So you know, I have meetings just like kind of what we're having right now, where we we discuss new things, but then I have a lot of contracts after review. And then on top of running the farm books wise, number wise, you know, making sure we have all our ducks in line, planning things ahead, sending people where they need to be sent, you know, lawyer conversations, that kind of thing. So usually my morning's pretty tied up with that, but I try to get out of the house around one in the afternoon. So then basically from one in the afternoon, I film, All the way till usually about eleven at night. So that's a a video is usually a day's worth of footage. So Dad and Cooper will get started before me, you know, and then so just because you see it in a video doesn't mean it happened in that order throughout the day too. So if you pay close attention, sometimes you can notice you know they might have filmed something at eight, but I might have made it look like it's three thirty in the afternoon. Right. So you have the full days of footage. So let's say you have twelve hours worth of working footage, and then by the time you throw it in the editor. My sister goes through it. It usually takes her about four to five hours. And then I'll look at it, usually about two hours. By the time you get all the small stuff figured out, uh, get your thumbnail figured out, your title, everything uploaded to YouTube, you might be looking at another two hours. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it takes a while, whatever that comes up to hour wise. Right.
1: <laughs> so, I'm just doing the math in my head, and I'm not super good at math, but I'm thinking you guys are farming full time too. When are you sleeping, Cole?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to work on it. <laughs> I don't sleep as much as I probably should. But I i think uh, that's one reason why my acne is so bad. My hormones are probably all jacked up, not sleeping.
1: but You've got a lot on your plate. I mean, this is harvest and you're still producing these every day. You guys are busy. Yeah, but I
0: mean... You know, when you're when you're trying to change the dynamic of things and, you know, my end goal with this, I really want to help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you can use your time and your skills to help a lot of people in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, too, sometimes just you need to have a financial resource to be able to help in because I can only be in so many places at once. But, you know, let's say I could hire a team of people to come in and help other people or something like that. You know, then you can scale it up that much more. So, you know, I'm trying to help support the whole family and, you know, make everyone's lives a little easier. And, you know, if we can get everyone back on the farm, like for example, my mom has cut hair in town for 34 years. She's a master hairstylist. And, you know, eventually I'd like for her to just be able to come back to the farm and, you know, hey, maybe could you bring us lunch or something and, you know, go do what you want to do on the rest of your day. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, like, I like to tell my dad, I'm trying to do 25 years just birth of stuff in a year.
1: Well, I, uh, slow down, man. Don't, don't go too fast.
0: <laughs> I've always been like that though. So, you know, sometimes I,
1: you have to be like that, right? I mean, and who knows, you know, the way things work, I, I totally understand where you're coming from you've completely changed the dynamic for your farm and for your family. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, The things that you guys are building out and the ability for your family members to come back to the farm. I mean, that's not nothing short of incredible, Cole.
0: Well, I don't really like to take the credit for it. I mean, I'm, I'm just building on, so my grandpa started it and then my Mm -hmm. dad jumped on his shoulders and then I'm jumping on my dad's shoulders and, you know, Cooper's right there with me. So, you know, it's, yeah. I run around with the camera. I came up with the idea of starting the YouTube channel and whatever, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's my dad picking up a camera every day, and not complaining about it, going out and filming Cooper doing the same thing. You know, he's plugging away, fixing this stuff. We break, you know, while I'm out in the office working on this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're the ones keeping the farm going, you know, when I'm not out there. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a team effort, but I mean, I don't, I want to take the credit for it. And at the end of the day, you know, it's everybody watching. That is what makes the channel, you know, people and I got to thank YouTube for coming up with the platform for us to be able to put them on there and then the algorithm and people just so like to like watch farming. So, you know, I, I don't know, it, there was a whole lot of not me in the success of it. I just continually kept putting out a video. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely a family effort there. So, you know, talking about the folks that are watching these videos. So, I'm sure you've got a strong farm audience. You have to have, um, but you've got over 500,000 followers. I have to think that some of those folks are not on the farm every day, too. What's it feel like to be able to connect? You know, the 99% that is not farming or actively engaged in farming every day with what's happening in the story of your family's farm?
0: It's really cool because. I mean, you're just able to shine a light on a subject that is so unknown to so many people. Because, I mean, you you drive by, you see the $300,000 combine sitting in a field on the side of the road. And then, you know, you see the tractor and the bend sites and the buildings and the trucks and whatever. And, you know, you just you paint this picture in your head of what a farmer is. And so, you know, when we're able to connect that back to people, I'm like, hey, this is actually how it works. And, you know, these are the numbers behind how everything works. And, you know, this is where your state comes from. And, you know, you can kind of maybe develop a little better understanding. And and I, I don't ever want to play the victim card, but, you know, maybe a little empathy for what's going on. And, you know, and then when you have economic things happening, just, you know, have a little better understanding. That's really all I'm trying to do is. You know open up the understanding of mm-hmm. how this actually works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So have you seen some of the questions evolve in, you know, the responses that you're getting to your videos?
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people they're super inquisitive and people notice so many little details. And it's really cool to see. I mean, I'll get people who say, I live in the middle of Los Angeles and I've never been on a farm in my life, never left the city. And here I am watching every single video. It's just so stinking interesting to learn about what's going on. But overall, I'd say probably 70% of my audience is tied to ag in some way, shape, or form. You know, they might live in a city, but, you know, they grew up going to their grandparents' farm and, you know, helping bale hay during the summertime. But then probably that other 30% is, yeah, I live in the middle of New York City.
1: Right. Right. Well, you know, obviously you guys are doing a lot of technology-driven things on your operation. Very progressive there. SureTrack is an ag tech company. Do you feel like some of the conversation in the video that you're putting out is helping farmers to feel more comfortable with adopting some of these technologies and moving forward with some of the products that you're working with?
0: Absolutely. Because when I was a little boy, you look at all these other big farmers around and you see them with all this cool stuff, cool technology, you know, auto steers and all that. I'm just like, why do they have that? That's, you know, that auto steer costs $10,000. That doesn't make any sense. Like you have two arms, like you can drive. And then, you know, once you start to get educated on it a little bit, then you start to realize like, holy cow, these things actually pay for themselves. And these can improve my bottom line on the farm. And so, you know, the, the more and more I got involved with making videos, the more and more I realized, Hey, you know farmers like listening to other farmers input on this stuff because i mean like even for myself when i have a question or i'm looking up a new piece of equipment i get on forums online where farmers are talking and you know i see what they have to say about it so i'm like you know what if i can pull this out real time show actual application so you can see it with your own eyes and understand like okay this actually works this isn't just something you have on a piece of paper that says oh yeah you know this is gonna save us an extra three bushels or make us an extra fifteen dollars an acre or whatever. You know, you can see it, I can bring it forward, and then you can be like, Hey, you know, maybe this is something I'm looking at bring to my operation. You know, I put all the numbers with everything and stuff too. So, you know, you understand payoff periods. Or what I'm really trying to do is usually you have the the 52-year-old dad who's very stubborn and in his ways, and then for his Son to come up to him or his daughter and be like, "Hey, Dad, you know, I'd like to get auto steering. What if I told you this could pay itself off in two years? What would you think?" Or, "Hey, these we're tired of getting spoiled grain in our bins, and then we end up having three thousand bushels of waste. Like, you know, we could improve on this, and you know, we can just bring the hard data, and you know, that's I guess what we're trying to do."
1: Yeah, the hard data backed up by real life application. I mean, how does it get any better than that, Cole?
0: Yeah, because we all know that what the manufacturers say is, is very different than what the actual application
1: Well, do. yeah, you're providing that real life experience. I mean, if it's not going to work for you, you know, is mm-hmm. it going to work for them down the line? So um, definitely a cool thing that you're providing there. So, you know, with that, you just added some grain management to your family's operation in the last yes. month or so. Um, so tell us about that experience, what you had before, what you went to and what things are looking like today. So.
0: We'll put it this way. When, when neighbors would come out and they would see our bin site, they would, they would laugh and they would just be like, I don't understand how this works. And I don't understand how your corn is not dog food by the time you get it delivered, because it would pass through so many augers by the time it finally got done. I think we counted one time, like each kernel of corn basically passed through 17 augers by the time it was actually delivered. Just because basically we had a pit. It would dump into our old leg, it would go into a wet holding bin. And then from there, it was through a dryer. The dryer would go into, we had an old grinder mixer for our pigs that we used to have. And we had several holes cut in the side with different tubes coming out. And it could go to four different bends, depending on which tube you wanted it. So we'd have like cinder blocks set out outside of it to make little channels for the corn to go through. And then we'd run it that way. And then from those bins it would go out of another auger. Into another auger that would go into our flat storage building, and so we could hold 120,000 bushels in our flat storage. So we were basically balancing 240,000 bushels of storage between like eight different bins on three, four different farms, and it's just a bunch of run around. Hey, go grab an old sweatshirt, stuff it in this hole in the bin to keep green from falling out. Put a whole roll of duct tape on it.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb here, Cole, and say that this might have been an upgrade that you guys just installed.
0: Yeah, we haven't really had time to really fathom how it's, you know, changed everything yet. Just because we're not used to it. You're used to, well, this auger was probably shot six years ago, but, you know, it'll get through the rest of the season. You know, I had one very distinct memory. We had an auger that we would use to clean out our flat storage building. My grandpa ran into it with tobacco. And he bent one of the arms for the legs. And so instead of, you know, getting a piece of metal in there or the actual replacement part, he found an old railroad tie that was like 10 feet long, like a bridge plank type railroad tie. And he chained that up in there and it stayed that way for six years. <laughs> and so just
1: whatever just, works, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it worked. And then, you know, you probably would take up, you know, let's say five thousand bushels of corn, and you'd have twenty five hundred on the ground with all the holes in the auger underneath of it. <laughs> but that's now, what with,
1: scoop shovels are for, Cole? I yes, mean, exactly. think about the muscles you built cleaning exactly. that up. Well,
0: we dig graves, so I mean, I that's probably why my grandpa had us do that. So then we'd be good with the grain shuffle. <laughs> right? Absolutely. But now, now, yeah, we don't know what to do with ourselves with with the new bend site we've been working on for basically a year now, from planning stages. And, yeah. We, we just got to go the other day You can come up, you can dump and leave everything turns off by itself when it runs empty. So it, it just feels weird.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So what did you guys actually end up installing?
0: So we put up 220,000 bushel AGI bends, and then we got the catwalks over the top and everything with drag conveyors. So we have Hutchinson drag conveyors, and then it comes from our legs. So we put in an AGI leg, and it brings it all up. And so we dump in our pit and it goes up the leg into our catwalks and dumps into the bends. We might be looking at an Eco dryer down the line, but uh, we'll see on that. And then right now we have one bend installed with AGI SureTrack in there. So we're kind of giving that a test. We've never de- dealt with any sort of cabling inside of bends for our, our grain temperatures, moisture, you know, basically monitoring the grain condition on the inside of the bend. We've never had anything like that. It's you're pulling out halfway through the bend. You stick your head in there. Does it smell funny? No. After it snows, you look on the roof of the bend. Did that melt off faster than it should have? Yeah. Okay. We probably have a hot spot in there or you're just continually checking the augers as grains coming out to see, okay, this is a little warm and or waiting till the trucker comes back and said, Hey, they found a sour spot in there. You got docked 20 cents a bushel. So we're kind of getting a little tired of that. So, you know, we're hoping to use this sure track as a way to combat that and, you know, be able to keep better tabs on our green.
1: Yeah. So what's your estimation on how long it'll take everyone to remember that you have this and be able to use it?
0: Oh, I, dad's fully on board with it right now. We we. He's been bombing the electrician with getting the thing hooked up every day for the last two weeks. So he's really excited to use it. So I, I think it's going to be applied right away. Awesome. It's kind of hard to forget about that. Because I mean, the grain in the bin your baby. That's what you've been working all year to raise. Right? So, you know, yeah. we're not going to neglect that.
1: Absolutely. Well, Cole, I know that you're wanting to get back to the field. Well, apparently not the field today because you got rained out yesterday. But I have to imagine you guys have some projects for rainy days that need some attention
0: actually i have two graves that we need to dig today so dad and i are going to run off and do that after this and i'm in the middle of remodeling my house so i actually have insulation guys in there right now they're spray foaming a couple rooms but yeah i we try not to get too short on the to-do lists right yeah New knew always comes up fill so your days <laughs> yes you know where there's different stages of a business, I like to say, and, you know, we're, we're at the growth stage. So, you know, when you get to a point where you're just maintaining everything, it's a lot easier, but at the growth stage, you're, you're at the maintenance part, but then you also have to do the, okay, now what do we got to be doing to get to that next level of stuff? So then, you know, then you have the extra added on work and, you know, that's where the hours 12 to 16, 12 to 20 come in, in the day. And, you know, you, you do what you got to do and you put your head down and, you know, you have fun doing it.
1: Yep. I can't think of a better way to end the conversation here this morning than with that comment, Cole. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you're you're doing. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, thank you not only for what you're doing for the agriculture industry and those who want to implement technology, but also for the other 99%. I mean, we definitely have a gap and we've got to figure out a way to close that gap and help consumers understand what's going on on the farm and how their food is making it from the field to their dinner table. And you're playing a huge role in that.
0: Well, I just, like I said, I just live my life and I I run around (laughs) with the camera. I I tell people that all the time. I'm no different than you. Just the only difference is, is I just don't sleep enough and I spend way too much time editing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, we'll let you get back to your day. Thanks for joining us here this morning, Cole. All right, no, thank you. All right, Brian, we're ready to hand things back to you this morning.
0: Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.